Before we get into today's episode, we want to quickly tell you about another ESPN podcast. With the NBA Finals underway, make sure you're keeping up with all things on and off the court with Zach Lowe and the Low Post. And be sure to check out special edition podcasts released after each NBA Finals game. That's the Low Post, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, 30 for 30 is back with Breakaway, a film about WNBA superstar and activist Maya Moore. This film explores the story of Moore, one of the best basketball players in the world, stepping away from the sport for a remarkable reason, to fight for a man she believed was wrongly imprisoned. Watch Breakaway live Tuesday, July 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, presented by Hyundai. I know you hear it. I know you see the colors. You hear that old school funk. You see those light colors. That means that you are joining the first episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier, former two-division UFC champion. And to my left, I got my guy Ryan Clark, Louisiana native, LSU Tiger, Super Bowl champion, and one of the biggest MMA fans out there. RC, how you doing, my brother? Hey, man, I'm excited, bro. I feel like Bruce Buffer just told me it's time. So let's go. go. (laughs) Listen, man, we are so lucky to be doing this show together. Talk to the people about why you're here, RC, that you can represent that faction of people that just love the sport. You love the sport of mixed martial arts as much as anyone else, but... You're a high-level athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I watch this sport because of the high-level athletes we get to see. And on the other side of that, I've been a fan forever. I was a fan before they had weight classes, when UFC was putting <laughs> out DVDs of the greatest knockouts. So to get an opportunity to be with one of the greats talking about a great sport, you can't beat that. You know what's crazy, RC, is like at the top, right, when I see you on first take and I see you well, on I get, get smooth, up. I, get I know I see you getting down, I get but you're the guy that's kind of beating the drum. You're talking about mixed martial artists. And let's toss back to a time when you were on first take and we were talking about Conor McGregor, and this is what you had to say. I don't think Antonio Brown, let me guess. I I know it is, and you guys just aren't smart enough to agree. It's Conor McGregor. And y'all could say whatever you want. Conor McGregor (laughs) Cut his mic. Why are we cutting my mic? What? This is when you need a mute button. I I want to hear this. Are y'all trying to mute me? Give him his time. Check it out. This is a sport that is hard to be a star in. Um, We've had the Spider. You've had Jose Aldo, Chuck Liddell. When it first started to become a big thing, we would watch him and Randy Couture. You could take it back to the first Ultimate Fighting Challenge with Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin, which really put this, this on the map. But now you have this guy in Conor McGregor who's been in three different weight classes and had a knockout and a TKO in those. He's the type of guy that when he shows up, you pay attention to the sport. See, clearly, no one else there was smart enough to see what I already saw, that this sport is different. This sport is changing the world. And now we get an opportunity to talk about it in a way we can bring it to more fans. RC, I got to be honest with you. Your take was spot on because there's no one like Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor... The betting when he fights in Vegas matches the Super Bowl. So whereas everybody's saying, cut RC's mic, <laughs> right. do this and do that. No, RC's telling the truth. This dude is the biggest star in all the sports. Look, man, he's in line with Mike Tyson and those guys. And um, your take was perfect. I actually don't mind it at all. Yeah, see, and, and that was one of those things. And it was one of those things where you get excited, though. UFC reached out to my bosses in the oh. NFL and was like, we need to get RC <laughs> to a match. And so, I was like, hell yeah. RC. Every single pay-per-view, I'm sitting at the desk calling my fights, having a good time. RC is out there trying to tweet. Every time you're tweeting. 
Hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to tweet, DC. I'm tweeting. What I'm trying to do is make sure y'all put it up on the screen so people understand like how exciting this is for me. And, you know, those tweets range, right? Some of those <laughs> tweets, I'm actually talking about the fights. Some of those tweets, I'm talking about the things going on outside because mm -hmm. the UFC is a show, right? It's not just about, it is about those two guys inside the ring, but it's so much more and it continues to build and build. And I want to be a part of that. Absolutely. But RC, listen, man, you went to LSU. Mm -hmm. You stayed home. You're still live in Baton Rouge. I saw you had a two two five number. I was very surprised. But then you go and you play for the Steelers. I mean, there are times when people go and they 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 ask to play for the Golden Black. You never ask. Well, I play I play for the real Golden Black. That's oh, first, that's, first, that's first and foremost. So let's not let's not get that confused. DC. And DC, you know how it works, man. You love who cutting the check. You do. You know what I'm saying? If the Saints would have cut the right check. I would have been a New Orleans Saint. But I will say this, man. When you come from where we come from, there's so much pride and there's so much joy in being a Louisiana animal. And so for me to get to see one of my favorite fighters or my favorite fighter, Conor McGregor, fight a Louisiana oh. boy, oh. it's a win-win for me, dog. It's a win-win. How in the world is Conor McGregor yep. your favorite fighter? When so, Dustin Poirier is from 45 minutes down the road... Everyone in Louisiana loves Dustin Poirier. He is Louisiana true and true, tried and true. He does everything Louisiana. And you back the brash Irishman from overseas? Hey, listen, it's not, it's not about where we're from, right? It's about where we're at. And Dude, now, so here's the thing. Go I'm going to be honest. The first small human I was scared of was Jose Aldo, right? Jo Jose Aldo, to me, was a dude you just didn't mess with. Right, you, you could take her back when he was fighting in other organizations. He was explosive. He was a, he was a spark plug, right? Decade long of not losing. And then you meet, meet Conor McGregor at ESPN, and as this fight is building, he's taking Jose Aldo's belt, right? He's running in different radio stations, and they're promoting the fight, and he's all in his face, and he's talking to him. And it's crazy because Jose doesn't say anything back, right? <laughs> Jose's just chilling, right? And so I'm watching this dude, and I'm like, he has to be scared of Jose Aldo. Like, this is, this is Jose Aldo, right? And then you're watching him before the fight, and all you see is he's bouncing, he's bouncing in the locker room, boom, throwing the left. Bouncing and bouncing. And he says, precision beats power every time. And he called it. 13 seconds, <laughs> and mean, he called dude. it. And so me I and mean, my son know, go crazy. You done drank all the Kool-Aid. Oh, all I the Kool-Aid. You done hey, drank the whole. And, and you, you from the boot, it's red Kool-Aid, too. <laughs> Not a flavor. It's just red. And there's more sugar than there is water. And I'm right with Conor man, McGregor, you man. Man, you done drank the whole Conor McGregor Kool-Aid. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm ready to drink some more this weekend because we have a great fight. First round finished the first time. Second round finished by Dustin the second time. These are two bad dudes who weren't scared of each other, and we're going to get to see them trade. RC, we got a new show, but I've got a familiar friend that stayed with us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, 
it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I mean, I mean, I sent a tweet days ago saying... Maybe, just maybe now, I'll have my own promo code and look at this. You know what? I think that's what, that's what ESPN is doing. You, you start every show and you're like former two-division champ, Daniel Cormier. What you won't get I, is your own promo code, brother. I mean, come on, RC. That's crazy, man. Listen, DC. You have so much, right? Vegas, Vegas is like your city. You've been in so many big fights here. Let me have something All right, this man. weekend, bro. I Let mean, me I hope I something. got my. I hope I get a promo code going forward, man. Probably I really not. do. Listen, probably not. We're in, <laughs> probably not. You're right. We're in Vegas for a reason, though. Yep. Right. We're in Vegas for the biggest pay per view of the entire year, right? Dana said it's trending. Pre sales better than any pay per view ever. Connor and Khabib sold 2.4 million. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking it's even bigger than that. That speaks to the matchup, though. We got a trilogy, Poirier versus McGregor 3. From your side of things, what are you feeling about this fight after watching the first two so many times? So, uh, you know, our, our most recent trilogy that was big time was obviously you and Stipe. Yep. And you kind of get the same thing, right? You get, you get one guy wins the first fight, another guy wins the second fight. So now I'm trying to see what are the adjustments. Also, what are the adjustments in Connor's demeanor? Right, we we had nice guy Connor, Connor that mm-hmm. was gonna that that was gonna donate to charities. Everything is great coming up to the fight, and obviously it doesn't change the way you attack your craft. But I believe you can only be one way. What are the adjustments he makes, not only in his style but in the way that he approaches the fight? So here's the question: Does it make that much of a difference? Does it make that much of a difference if you're nice or if you're mean? I mean, Connor, when he was on his way up, was living crazy life. Mm-hmm. It was extreme. It was insane. He was doing all kinds of stuff. He was partying. He was hanging out. That led to a lot of the issues outside the octagon. Those issues are still gone, mm-hmm. right? So even though he's approaching it in a much more uh, intense way, it's the same thing. Connor is still living the life that he was living before. So I'm questioning whether or not it makes that much of a difference. Yeah, but see, but see, DC, what you're missing is, yeah, he was living a crazy life. We all have to mature and grow up. Yeah. Right? We, we, we're not asking, we not asking Jay-Z to rap about the Marcy Projects yep, anymore. Yep. I hear you. So Connor has to make those adjustments, have to understand that I can't let this dictate the way that I approach my fights. Now, yeah, I actually think, honestly, certain guys, John Jones, Connor McGregor, they can be so loose in the cage because they're so Reckless outside, right? You you're willing to take risk. Every time a guy gets into trouble, they take a risk, right? Mm-hmm. You take a risk at losing everything that you work so hard for. But when you're willing to take risk in life, there are no risks in the octagon. So you're just free to be who you are. Whereas when I do something, I would always think about it first. Like if I do this spinning back kick, right. am I gonna get taken down and get stuck having to get up? Jones never thinks that. He's free. McGregor was able to say, I'm gonna knock out the greatest featherweight of all time. 
because and do it and do it because he believes it. I don't know if him making this such a big point that I'm different now. I'm back. It's not because he's still living well, a different life. Well, I think the other the other piece of it too is this DC. He he has to make that adjustment because you are adjusting to a new life. You're adjusting yeah. to a life where you can't throw crates at buses, right? You're yep, adjusting yep, to a yep, life yep, where you can't where you can't fight in pubs. And so now, yes. what adjustments do I make to my camp to still give me that intensity, to still give me that isolation, to make me feel like I could get loose? And I always respected Floyd Mayweather because of this. Mm -hmm. He lived the life outside of the ring that I felt was crazy, that I felt was loose. But he didn't fight that way, right? He fought under control. Yeah. He fought in a way that allowed him to be strategic. When you watch Conor McGregor in fight one, what's the first thing he does? Comes out, he throws a kick. Yeah, right? the second, spinning kick. Right, second strike is a kick. We didn't see that. No. Nope. We didn't see that type of looseness mimicked, in the last it fight. It mimicked the life, right? The it life was the life. more the life was more uh confined. The life was more normal. And Connor approached the fight more normal. DC in the would, first fight, the life was really kind of crazy, a whirlwind. Right. So the first two kicks were spinning back kicks. Right. Connor needs to get back to that looseness in the octagon. Now, one of the biggest issues I think he dealt with in the second fight is those calf kicks. Yes. And the only reason those calf kicks work is because Dustin Poirier is also a southpaw. southpaw. And unless Conor plans on fighting conventional more, those kicks will still be available to Dustin Poirier. Because I don't know if six months is enough time to truly develop the counters to that attack in order to help him DC, in the way that he hopes. Going back and watching both both fights, though, if you watch the first fight, Connor was on his toes a little bit more. Connor, he bounced around. Using some of those kicks kept the balance, right? Kept the distance. Do you think he could change some of those things watching the first fight and go back to that to protect himself a little bit more? Well, he's got to be on his toes. But, I mean, look at the numbers, man. It's the significant leg strikes that killed him, mm -hmm. but also the takedowns. Dustin Poirier yep. gave him a different look in the second fight. When he got that first takedown, it changed Connor's ability to just go at him because the takedown was another factor that he had to dealt with in regards to his right. approach. So when he started to stay back a little bit, he started to get kicked. He was getting hit with the check right hook. Yes, he was. Dustin Poirier is nasty, bro. He's big and he's strong. And I think a lot of people misunderstand when they're watching Poirier fight that Dustin Poirier is a right-handed guy. Right. So when he's got that right hand in front, right, and he's landing that nasty jab, yep, right. it comes with it's power. his power hand. He's throwing, he's just developed his left hand to the point that he can knock you out on both sides. But he lands the jab. It's like getting hit with okay. a solid right so, hand so, so and you, the right hook. So, so you've been in the trilogy, and that trilogy, it, it was 1-1, right? So yep. coming into this last fight, with Dustin winning, with Dustin understanding, okay, now it's even. I, I even think back to, to Dustin landing the punch and going, okay, yeah, I, got I got you. I got, got you. A timing. Max, a Max Holloway timing. type way. Yep. Is there anything Dustin needs to change going into the third fight that allow him to win and maybe dominate the way he did in the second round I, or the second fight? I did this. I did this piece the other day, like this. I did this essay for the UFC, and it was all about trilogies. Mm -hmm. It was all about trilogies and fights. So now you got to show us how smart you I, are. I, no, no, I'm just saying. No, Lafayette it's, schools. No, it's New not. Orleans no, school. it's not an essay that I wrote. They gave me a script and I read the script. I with but um, <laughs> there was a line in there that said, "By the third fight, there are no more secrets," mm -hmm. and I think that is so true. Right? It's going to be in the small details in terms of what they can change. We've seen Dustin Poirier go long before. We've seen Dustin Poirier deal with long, hard, difficult mm -hmm. fights. Connor did it one time with Diaz. Can he continue that against a guy like Poirier who's going to be pressing him, right. who has been in a lot of dog fights, right? He's a exactly. nasty guy. I don't know if Dustin has to change much. 
I think he has to do a lot of the same things. He has to go in there with confidence. He has to use his wrestling. Mm -hmm. Don't go away from wrestling. Connor put something like whoever shoots first is a, you know, expletive. Right. Use your wrestling if you're Poirier. Get back to those leg kicks if you're Poirier until Connor shows you that he's figured out how to challenge it or counter those strikes because otherwise you go right down the same way. But, but also, too, I, I've been listening to the, the, the things leading up to pre-fight. There's been a there's been a lot more like like posturing, right? There, there there's been a lot more setting up for Conor to say, okay, listen, uh, who the, the first guy that that shoots is this, and then yeah, yeah. says, well, how about the first one that gets taken down is this? And so I, I believe that both of these guys are trying to find a edge, uh, edge. Both of these guys are trying to figure out what they could change going into this fight. But we we've talked about the way that guys change because their lives change, right? Yep, yep. You and I both know. We're different when we're broke different yep, when we get yep, money. For sure. Right? Connor's at a position where he's now gotten that money. He's gotten more money than anybody's ever done this. Yes. So I believe he has to get in that place of desperation that we saw him. Before fighting Jose Aldo, he was desperate for that belt. Yes, he was. Right? He, he, he wanted that belt. He needed that fame. He wanted to be that star. Now you have all those things. We're talking about legacy now. Yeah. Right? We're talking about the Conor McGregor legacy. Obviously, he doesn't get, he didn't get a chance to fight uh Khabib again, but he did get a chance to fight Diaz. Yep. Now he's getting a chance to avenge another loss. Can he go into the deep water and not wilt? That's what he's gonna have to do, right? right? Because I, I imagine this fight will go longer, right? Mm -hmm. Which is great for me as a guy that's gonna be sitting next to the octagon. I want to watch these guys fight. I want to see them compete over the course of a long time because both fights have been pretty quick. Yes. And let's not forget, Conor did pretty good in round one he did, absolutely. of the second fight. It was just when he started to get broken down, he struggled. But he has said himself, Conor looked past Dustin. He was looking to the match with Manny Pacquiao. He had a boxing fight scheduled. He was doing all those things. But you spoke to desperation. It seems as though he's done that, right? He's in L.A. He left mm -hmm. the family. Then I come into the fight. He's really separated himself from those things that give you comfort. Because you know, gotta, right? gotta get uncomfortable. That gives you comfort. Yeah, Being yeah. at home in bed with your wife every night, holding your kids before you go to practice every morning, kissing them when you come back. You have a hard day. You they still rub the, you. you. They still, rub you. You live the good life. Yeah, Daddy, totally. we love you. We're yes. so we're so happy you do what you do. You're the reason why we can have all these things. And you think about those comforts. I should tell everybody the reason I had to go to the hotel on Saturday night before the game was time kind of to get away from those things, getting that mindset. Okay, it's just me. Right. I got to go out there and I got to do this. I'm doing this for them, but it's about me. But on the other end of that, Connor has this long, this, this layoff. Right. Yeah. You come in and you fight a guy like Dustin. You, you didn't get a cupcake. You didn't get yeah. just a guy you can walk over. You fight Dustin, you lose. The rematch has to happen right away. Even Dustin yeah. could have had a different fight. He said, you know what? I'm going to take this. I'm going to finish this because he understood what the biggest fight is. Yeah, is yeah. this about ego for Connor, though? You know, like, I've got to avenge this. Ryan, that's a question that I, I wonder about, right? Because they could have went in different directions. And or it could have took more time mm -hmm. to do this again in six months. That's, that's probably, for me, as an analyst, the one question I have for McGregor. Is this fight ego-driven? Because it didn't seem like he wanted to fight him again in, like, May. Mm -hmm. So it's like it didn't seem like there was enough time to correct what was so new to him. Because when Conor left, calf oh. kicks weren't as prevalent as they yeah. are today. Today, there's such a massive part of mixed martial arts. Six months seems like a very quick time to try and fix that and then go back and fight him. So I think it is Conor's, Conor's ego.
You know, you know what this you know what this reminds me of of DC, and this is going to be the the fan RC. This is going to be the RC that grew up in New Orleans, where you could throw hands in the middle of the yes. street. Right, but you remember if if you and the guy squared up and say you knew him pretty well, and he got you, you wanted to get right yep, back you want at to it. fight him. Again. Right, you want like we got no, no, we got to run that back. Yeah, right. Like I, I know I got you. This this ain't the street though. Yes, right. No, this this is mis, mixed martial arts. This is something you train for. This is an art. And so for Conor McGregor, I I feel like for him to take this fight that fast, it is ego. But I also believe to him, he thinks about that first round. He thinks about the first fight. And he says, you know what? I do have Dustin in a number of ways. Now let me attack him those ways. Yep. He believes he's better, right? Yeah. But Poirier thinks with a shadow of a doubt, he's the better all-around martial artist. Mm-hmm. He, I remember when we left to fight Island before the last fight, I felt a bit of a nervous energy coming off of Dustin. Right. Not this time. Dustin seems sure because now he's been in there, right? There are no more surprises. He got knocked out the first time, so that sucked, right? He right. understood how bad it was. He had to go back and deal with that. But after getting the win, after staying five minutes with him, taking his best shots, you could see a point in the fight where Dustin started to really feel Connor's timing, right. and you could see him start to get in his rhythm. A Poirier with rhythm is a real is problem. Is, is, is it bad? So as, as a fighter, as a man that's going to stand across from another man that wants nothing more than to knock him out, is it bad to not have that nervous energy? Like, I know for me, I loved, like, I loved going into the game against the Baltimore Ravens and feeling that heightened sense of energy. It's like, look, if I don't mm-hmm. get my mind right, I can go to sleep today. No, he was, he, he was nervous, mm. but it was something a little bit different the okay. last time. A little uncertainty okay. that's not there this time. I got you. I mean, there is no uncertainty. He believes he's going to win without a shadow of a doubt. And his belief is making me believe it, too. Well, DC, that's because you want to believe it, right? Because you like the Saints, <laughs> right? Who? We're the same age. Nobody our age grew up actually liking Bro, the you're Saints. Crazy. You know, you didn't start liking the Saints until after Katrina. You're so crazy, Come on, DC. You're so Don't crazy. Don't be a homer. I like the Saints the entire time. Bro, the Saints' first playoff, 1992. Yeah, I, I loved it. We used to sit there in Louisiana, and we were, the Saints would play on Monday Night Football, and we were like, man, that's a big game. Look at my family. I mean, we're all saying it out. <laughs> We are all saying it out. We go to every game. We went to the, the NFC Championship game. We went to New Orleans to sit there. It was like a funeral after we lost. Um, it's all we do. It's what we do. We love the Saints. And don't try to sit here and make me a Johnny come lately as you were with Conor McGregor. Because I, how you, was I, I was you, not a, listen, Yes, you were. I was there, only when I, he went I there. I was there for Mendez. Only when he went right? there. I was, I, I was there for Mendez. I was like, okay, okay, this, this guy got something. And we saw some earlier fights. And when he jumped on top of the, when he jumped on top of the <laughs> ring and he was talking, I was like, okay, this dude got a little something. Now, I Mendez was, was fighting for the belt, Ryan. That's not early. He was already fighting for the intro title. Well, I'm he, talking. I like okay, the Saints so, back when they wore trash bags. When they wore the brown bags, I like the Saints. I still stuck with them you're talking well, like you're you're talking I like i just came I'm late not from, i'm not from ireland Nobby, dc God. i couldn't like him when he the documentary didn't come out till later i couldn't like him before i saw him in ufc you know you know when they were wearing trash bags on their head dc you were not walking well, around i was a, i was a young i was a young guy didn't understand but listen as the saints got better the stakes rose that's right? true. The stakes rose. Same thing with Connor. Same with your boy. Same with your boy. <laughs> the stakes, Same with hey, your boy. As the stakes, as as the, stakes grow, as he they showed grow, up. the stakes grow. And Connor stepped up to him before. But now, added level, right? Mm-hmm. You got the biggest fight of the year. Yep. You got the trilogy. You keep changing the narrative. That's how you get people interested in mm-hmm. stuff, right? 
When you do something over and over, you got to change the narrative. So now, here comes the boss. Here comes Dana White. Winner gets a title shot. Right. I what? mean, winner gets a title shot. Champ is Charles Oliveira. Right. Knocked out Michael, Michael Chandler, Chandler down in Jacksonville. Absolutely. Beautiful, crazy. Beautiful left. Dustin's one. Connor's five. Winner gets a title fight. What does this detail add going into the fight? Does it add pressure to anybody? Conor McGregor being a guy that wore the belt before and Dustin Poirier, a former interim champion. I think, I think when you look at Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, they both believe that they're the best lightweight in the world, right? Like Charles Oliveira has the belt, but I believe you take this fight and I, I think that on each side of this, you say, we are fighting to show people who the best man in the uh-huh. world is at 155. Well, Dustin, Dustin has been the interim champion. He's been interim champion. He lost exactly. to Habib, right? Mm-hmm. Beat Conor, so... He's the number one guy, and going into the fight before Oliver became champ, Dustin was the number one ranked guy in the, in the world. Dustin chose the McGregor fight. Dustin said the other day, the title fight pays him a fourth of what he makes. Absolutely. For and the you, McGregor fight. And you, and you know, you know, as a fighter, it, it is about championships, right? It is about titles, but it's also about feeding your family. Yes. And if in you from Lafayette, but in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You from Lafayette. I'm from I'm from New Orleans. Like we understand how hard you have to work to get these opportunities. Yes. And so you get this opportunity, and you know the opportunity for the belt is still there if you win. So if you're supremely confident, yep. like you say, you're going to get the money. Why wouldn't you take you this You're going to get the money, and then you go get the title. What, what, what does this do to the loser, though, DC, in the that's, lightweight that's, division? That's uh, With Connor at five. See, that's the thing. It's different for, for both guys. Okay. Because if Dustin Poirier loses, how much does it change, right? Beat Dan Hooker. Beat mm. Conor McGregor, lost the fight. He's on the run, right, since he lost to Habib. Sets him back a little bit. For Conor, it's different, right? Because now he will have lost to Habib. Mm-hmm. He will have lost to Dustin twice. twice. Now he's got to go back to revisit some of the other fights. Look, he's in a great position either way because he can just go fight Nick D- Nate Diaz. Right. He can go fight Nathan Diaz, third fight, massive fight. Nothing changes in that regard. But when you're a guy like Conor McGregor, who for all that he has – still values a championship. Mm-hmm. He understands that even as Conor McGregor today, Conor McGregor with the belt is even bigger. He's much more valuable to the world, even though, even though right now he's a massive star. Is, is, is that he, belt's different, though. Is, is, he more, is, he more valuable, is he more valuable to the UFC as the champion, right? Because we talked about how important it is to have belts, how important it is to have belts on the line during pay-per-views. If everybody in the division is chasing <laughs> Conor McGregor, does that, is that an added value for him and for Dana in the UFC? You know, I think this weekend's pay-per-view speaks to that because mm. I don't know who we were talking to yesterday. We were talking about... When was the last time you saw a UFC pay-per-view without a belt, right? That would have been yeah. McGregor versus Poirier, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys. But before that, it was Diaz and, and Masvidal, and they, put, they made a belt. They made a belt up. They made the BML right. belt because exactly. you generally want a title at the top of the card when you're on pay-per-view. Those rules don't apply to Conor McGregor. Okay. But if Conor McGregor has that belt, now you can just multiply it all because now you get the visual of him running around with the title, right. him holding the belt, the private jets, the, the, the fast cars, the money, but then you just stick that 12 pounds of gold right next to him, and it just elevates it. And it think, elevates anybody. And, and, I'm and telling you as a guy, Ryan, that had a belt, getting that title, it changes everything for everyone. And for as good as Conor McGregor is, for all that he did, if he never was the champ, if he never was the champ champ. We're not here. We're not here today. We're not here. And I, and I think that's – I think Conor understands that, right? The, the, the bravado – uh, so some of who some of who you can be comes with having that belt. 
some of who you can be came with being a Super Bowl champ. Like those things are, are part of not only your legacy, they're a part of your bio, right? When, when they introduce you, it, it, it's, it's now that you're retired, it's different. But while you were fighting, oh, former man. lightweight champ or, yep, or former yep. heavyweight champ, it's, 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 it's different than when they say heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier. Absolutely. Light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier. And I think for Connor to be able to walk around in the minks, walk around in the fly suits, and have that belt on his shoulder, it's a different visual for him, but it's a different visual for me for as you, a fan. Yep. Right? When I see it, it's like he's not only saying he's the best, he's telling us by the hardware he gets to carry yep. around. And that was that, that same thing. You know, I, I, like I said, I thought he was the MVP of all sport. It's the same thing with Tom Brady, right? It's the same yep. thing when we talk about Michael Jordan. Those were guys who not only did the work, but they were synonymous with winning. He has to get back in the same conversation with winning. That's crazy, though, because wins and losses don't seem to apply to him and Nathan Diaz as much as it does everyone else. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you got to win. Now, another added element, right? I talk about changing the narrative, changing, making the fight look different. The fans are back. In Abu Dhabi, yeah. we had three fight cards. The first weekend, Max Holloway fought on ABC. Mm -hmm. They had about 2,500 fans in there. Midweek, they had another fight, had about 1,000. By the next Saturday, McGregor Poirier was full. Mm. Every seat available, the 4,000 they had, was sat in. This weekend, we get back to T-Mobile Arena. 18,000, 20,000 strong. Tickets prices through the roof. Longest celebrity list of all time. Right. This is what Conor McGregor's made for now for Dustin Poirier. He isn't as excited about that. And he sat down with Brett Okamoto, and he kind of discussed it a little bit. Let's take a listen. No, fighting's hectic, man. I don't, I don't really like, you know. I, uh, I wish they were home buying a pay-per-view. Wish it was an empty arena. <laughs> Buy the pay-per-view. You do? Uh, no, it's nice, man. I have a lot of people going, um, family members, friends, who are very excited. And it's good. It makes me feel good to see this direction of, of the world, or of America at least, with, the, with things opening, full capacity. Just a little bit of normalcy back in our lives. It's been a crazy couple years here. Uh, but... Fans yelling, it's hard, like I said, it's hectic. You're in the locker room warming up, then you go out there, you have to walk through the tunnel and people are spilling beer and yelling crazy stuff at you when you're about to go fight this man, fight for your life in front of the world. It just adds more chaos to it for me, you know, but that's just, that's fighting. Yeah, That's, yeah. that's just what, that's what it is. Look at your eyes. Ooh, I mean, look at your oh eyes. Oh no, DC! Look at your eyes. Oh no, DC! Connor, Connor, Connor likes it. Connor likes to walk out of a look restaurant in though. LA. The, Connor dude, likes to walk dinner. around. He likes that. Right? I can't even eat. You know why? Because I'm Conor McGregor. I'm the notorious. He shadow boxed for these people. All and these they people loved were it. Out, these people were out waiting for McGregor as he left dinner. But then you got Dustin Poirier on the other end saying, kind of want to do it in an empty arena. The athlete loves the crowd. I mean, like you said, the Ravens game, you know the crowd's going crazy. How much did you love going to Baltimore knowing? That, that's what you wanted. I wanted to walk into M&T Stadium and say, look, we're here. Yeah. I love that. Right, I, 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 I wanted somebody to run a slant and it'd just be me and him in the middle of the field. I like that. For, for you, you were talking about some of the nervous, anxious energy he had going into the last fight. If I'm Conor McGregor, this excites me. What are you thinking about that? I mean, come on. That excites I mean, me. Why? Why? I don't understand why DP, I don't understand why DP's saying it because the crowd has lifted him to a lot of crazy performances. Boy, that's not, I don't like that. You know the word that stuck out to me? Chaos. Mm -hmm. Remember, early on in the show, you spoke about Conor McGregor's life outside of the ring being chaotic. chaotic. Yep. Right? The chaos. And so now, 
That's the way Conor McGregor gets that chaos back into the arena, back into the fight. And he loves it. He plays to it, right? When, when he comes out and he's, and he's yeah. here, right? Or, Everybody's or, doing that right, now, too. Or, right, or before the fight when he's looking and he's, like, all of those things, that feeds who Conor yeah. McGregor is. And so now it's about Dustin being able to create, right? Dustin wants to create the same atmosphere we had before fans were back. He were wants back. normalcy. That, he wants it. He wants it normal. Almost he a, wants me and a, you. A, a sparring field. Me versus you. Back alley fight field. Do, and, Dustin and seems to want, no, he seems to want a more, uh, it's more intimate, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's me and you, right? Mano a mano. Dustin's from Lafayette, right? Dustin wants that. Like, like you said, you're in the street. You knock the stick off my shoulder. You know what talk it is. Talk about my mama. You know what it you is. You talk about my mama. And we walk around in a circle for 20 minutes <laughs> with our shoulders yes, pressed against yes. each other. Exactly. So Dustin wants that. Dustin's want, I want you and me. Mm. I don't want you to get energy from the crowd. I don't want any of that. Well, you got to think about it, too. Conor McGregor, uh, I play with Antonio Brown, and people, and some things happened toward the, the end of his Pittsburgh career, and they felt like I had an issue with him. Here's the issue I never had with him. I knew he played for fame. Right. I knew he played for money. I knew he liked the glitz, the glamour, the lights. But the thing about this, it made him work harder than any offensive player I'd ever seen. And so I had no issues with him because I knew when the lights were on, yep, yep. he was prepared. And I think that's what Conor McGregor fights for that. Right. Four thousand ain't enough. Mm -hmm. For him. Oh, you think this, the crowd's going to generate yeah, he, yeah, more he, energy? Yeah, he, 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 didn't, he didn't build this legacy of the Notorious to fight in front of 4,000. He built that to fight in front the largest list of celebrities. Yep, he built yep. that to fight in front of full arena, and that's what he'll get on Saturday Bro, this night. dude, his crowds are insane. I mean, there's beer getting thrown all over the place. It's like Dustin those said he didn't like the beer getting thrown it's on like, it. It's like <laughs> soccer matches. Are, it's like those crazy soccer matches you see in Europe. When right. Conor McGregor fights, man, I cannot wait until this weekend. It is going to be a fantastic main event. But the fight card itself is going to be tremendous. UFC 264 is one of the biggest pay-per-views that I've seen for a long time. You get Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier for the third time. Trilogies are the best thing in all of sports. Nothing quite matches it. Make sure you tune in Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Guys, don't miss it. And as Dana told you yesterday, if you're going to order it, order it right now. Because if you don't, you may get locked out because you have three, four million people trying to buy yeah, this online. Yeah, at one time. ESPNplus.com slash pay-per-view to get UFC 264. It's going to be fantastic. Now, Ryan Clark, What's up, listen, man, it's been fun. It's been an excellent time. But you got some splaining to do. SPL, huh? You got some splaining, splaining to do. I mean, look at this. Ryan Clark on 4-24-21 at 10 o'clock. Bruh, UFC 261. Bruh, how much do you think my guy DC weighs right now? Ryan Clark, you're feeling safe and comfortable in your house when you're writing that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't feel as comfortable now talking about it. But listen, DC, you know, I've seen skinny-ish DC <laughs> yeah, fight. Ish. Right? I saw thick DC fight against Stipe. So I just wanted to know where you were in your training. Are you wanting you, wait? I knew are you, you want, are you I, wanting an answer to that? Yeah, I knew you weren't cutting weight you don't to be an analyst. Hey, you don't ask a man. Or you wait, that's you a woman. absolutely can you don't, ask a man. You don't ask a woman her, her age or her weight. And I'm gonna go and say you don't ask DC his age or his weight. I'm not doing it. I'm not hey, doing it. I was it. sitting at home watching, I was like, man, my guy is really filling out that lot of top red today. beans and rice, a lot of red beans and rice. Ain't nothing wrong I mean, with it, brother. Go boat. You know we love it. There's more though. More? There's more. You don't stop. You're constantly on the broadcast. Let's take a look at another Ryan Clark tweet that somehow 
got onto the broadcast. Let's go all the way back to 2014. <laughs> DC is strong. This looks like me wrestling with my son Jordan. Dude is throwing and body slamming the legend. Hendo finally looked old. This is when I really did kind of put it on my boy Dan Henderson. Yeah, it, this was crazy, man. And, you know, obviously every time I watched your fights, I did watch as a homeboy. You know, like, I can be straight up. It's like, it's another black dude from Louisiana in this sport. And he's dominating. And, you know, so now I'm checking your backstory. I'm looking at your wrestling history. And to see you throwing Hendo around like that, that was crazy to me. Because I was like, you got to watch the H-bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, at some I point. I was scared of it. I was like, at some point, you got to watch the H-bomb and your fearlessness and the way that you fought. It just made me a fan. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, man, when I, when I met you in Atlanta and we were walking through the airport, I got on the horn right away. I was like, babe, babe. I just met Daniel Cormier, and he knows who I am. Oh, of course, yeah. And, you know, know, and it's so crazy. Like, even to this day, we were preparing for the show. You called me last week, and I was training some guys, and I had you on speaker. And I'm in Louisiana. Yeah. Everybody knows you. He kind of heard your voice. And the guy walks by, he goes, was that DC? <laughs> you know, and I played yeah. it off kind of cool. I was like, oh, yeah, we got a show. That's my boy. We got a show dog. together. We got we'll a show together. And so that was my, my, my DC introduction to I mean, who DC is. All the way back to 2014, right? You've been following this thing. You love this thing. Now, yeah. We spoke a little bit about off air about Francis Ngannou yes. and the interim title. Derek Lewis is one of those guys that is fighting for the interim title against Cyril Gan. And yesterday, Bruh. the Black Beast, <laughs> the Black Beast oh got the first pitch at the Astros game. Oh my gosh! Rate this, Clark. Look at this. Oh, zero. <laughs> I'm talking about on zero to ten. This is zero. Honestly, <laughs> this is. <laughs> this, will, this will get you beat up by Derrick Lewis. And here's why. Because I would watch him throw this ball out, and I would oh say, this guy can't do anything no. athletically. You know, you want to root for the Black Beast because he's from New Orleans. Yeah. He's from New Orleans. Love Popeyes. Houston. Yes, loves Popeyes. <laughs> but this guy throws the ball. That's why when you throw the first pitch, you don't try. You don't try. I've thrown the first pitch out before, and Bro, I just try to make sure I lob up. it there. Yes. yes. You don't throw it hard because then you embarrass yourself. And that's exactly what Derek Lewis did. You know did. what he went out and did? He went out and went for the knockout. Yeah. He should have threw this ball like, like he fought Francis Ngannou. He should have stayed on the outside, threw some kicks, and made sure he, he wasn't won. in a bad position. He won. He, he actually won that fight. He lost that pitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> he lost the pitch. Man, listen, it's been fun. It's been a great time. Bro. It's been fun. I mean... To get a new show, you wonder how it's going to be, how the chemistry is going to work. Yeah. I feel like it's good, my man. We've had a good time. I love it. It's, hey, man, listen. You know what it is? It's, it's two dudes who just love sports. Yep. All sports, right? All sports. You know how it is. We grew up. We did everything. I obviously didn't wrestle because no, they didn't have like 115-pound wrestling <laughs> class at my high school. But to have an opportunity to be with a dude you admire, be with somebody you like. Yes. Period. Because in this business, you don't always get that opportunity. And talk about things we love. Man, we can't miss. RC, I, I just want to, I always want to explain this, right? When I speak football and football fans tell me, oh, DC, you didn't play. How can you speak on this? I will learn through you. You can Absolutely. teach me about it, right? Because I'm talking from the football fan's perspective, the guy that never went on the football field, and I want to know and wants to talk about the sport with knowledge. I can learn from you as I learn from myself when I watch. But you can give me the details, just like you. Every MMA fan... Every, any, every MMA fan, Ryan Clark is you. He's just a guy with a high level of athleticism, a tad bit better looking, right? And much yes, more am. rich. Hey, he's much more rich, <laughs> a little bit better hey, looking. Hey, we're trying to do this so hey. well so we get yeah. richer, brother. He's much <laughs> more rich, better looking, but he look, he's just like you guys, right? He's a guy that loves the sport, loves it just like you do, and he just is giving you a voice. 
You're giving yeah. them a voice as I'm giving the average football fan a voice as we talk about the sport. It's been fantastic. Look, man, we got a new show, but we aren't the only ones that have a new show, you know? My man, Chael Sonnen. Yeah. The Chael Sonnen Show with George Sedano plays on Monday and Wednesday on ESPN+. Plus. Chael is a fantastic commentator, analyst, and him and George's first show was very entertaining. Make sure you guys check that out. And on YouTube and ESPN+, Plus and everywhere you find your podcast, you can get DC and, and RC, RC every <laughs> single week, guys. We look forward to doing the show for you. Now, RC, I got to put you on blast a little bit here. What's up, bro? I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do, but people in Louisiana got to know one more time as we head into UFC 264, who gets the victory, how, and who gets this next title fight. Conor McGregor wins early third round, left hand, very similar to the left hand he threw that clipped Dustin in fight one. Wow. You think that Conor goes two and a half rounds before he knocks out Dustin Poirier. It's going to be two and a half because Dustin understands it a little bit better now. Dustin's not going to make the mistakes he made in that first fight, so it's going to be a tighter fight. I believe that Conor understands what this means, what he has to do, and you know when it's one-punch power, it can end at any time. It can end at any time, and Ryan, guess what's ending? The first episode of DC and RC. (laughs) It's ending right now, but guys, what a fantastic show. It was so much fun. Please make sure you tune Tune in in every single week for new episodes of DC and RC. And make sure you order UFC 264, ESPNplus.com slash pay-per-view. It's time for the fight. Peace. Double champ.